This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Hey friends, this is Eric Nordoff and welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I am still on vacation with my family in Yellowstone and I'm coming to you from the hotel workout room. Yes, I just got a chance to walk for 45 minutes. Not like I haven't been doing a lot of walking anyway, but I have some people in the Courageous community we're doing a workout challenge, a weight loss challenge and I've got to keep up with these ladies because uh it's yeah it's me and and I think four or five other ladies and uh it's quite a challenge I'll tell you these guys don't uh, these ladies don't give me a break at all so I've got to keep working out and keep exercising anyway today we're talking about the go giver and the third law which is called the law of influence so let's dive right into it Today we see and come across a man named Sam. Sam is the basically the most successful salesperson uh, at this very solid, very tall, towered insurance agency. And Sam meets Joe and Pindar up in his top executive suite, and they start to talk and get to know one another. And again, Sam is a very warm and kind person that, uh, with every bit of him, exudes kindness and gentleness, and pretty much all of the <laughs> all of the uh, the um, gifts of the spirit. So I should show I should say you know these these people tend to have something about them that's magnetic and special, and and you know and Pindar wants Joe to meet these people because the 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 amount of people you. You spend time with, the type of people you spend time with determines how successful you are. Uh, and, uh, and I do believe in that principle. I do believe in that principle. I think the most successful person that ever lived is Jesus. And uh, I encourage you to, first of all, have him in your corner. When you have him in your corner, I know this sounds so cheesy, and this has probably been used so many times in success uh, seminars uh, over the years, but it is absolutely true. We serve a God who is the most wealthy and abundant family in the world, spiritually speaking. I mean, I think there's there's nothing more arguable than to know that you have a connection with the God and the Creator that made you. And I know that's that's almost. Uh, shocking to say, but it is it is true. In, in, for me, I am grateful. I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a relationship, my relationship with Christ, with with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, if that's something that's on your heart, and that's been something that people have planted seeds in you about, well, I encourage you to investigate that more, push into that, press into that. I promise you will not be disappointed. When you focus on your relationship with him and the relationship that he has with you and the love that he has with you, there's no greater advocate and there's no greater person that you can surround yourself with than God. And, uh, and so I didn't even intend to go on this tangent, but it just sort of came out of me. So uh, for, take it for what it's worth. So Sam meets Joe 
or Joe meets Sam, and they begin talking about the third law and what made him so successful. See, he started out like everybody else as a struggling insurance salesman. What happened was he began to, once he learned the first law, the law of value, and then he learned the second law, the law of impact, it really began to, to transform a paradigm shift transformation in Sam, where he now understood how to deal with others and how to, how, that it's all about giving and not about getting. When he began to take his focus off of the getting and began to put his focus 100% on the giving, that's when things changed around for him. And so Sam started talking about a network. And a network isn't just your customers or clients. It's a network of people who know you, like you, and trust you. They, never, they may never buy a thing from you, but they've always got you in the back of their minds. There are people who are personally invested in seeing you succeed. And that's because you're the same way about them. They're your army of personal walking ambassadors. And when you've got your own army of personal walking ambassadors, you'll have referrals coming your way faster than you can handle them. And so Joe and I also began thinking, hmm, how am I carrying out my day? How am I living my day? This is a great reminder for me how I need to be spending my time. What, what, how do I, I need to reexamine every relationship and every networking relationship that I've ever had. Wow. Would it describe you? What, how does it, what comes up in you? Do you have an army of personal walking ambassadors? Does that describe your network? Are all these people that you know personally invested in seeing you succeed? Hmm. That's quite a challenge. And I would say no. Uh, I would say I have very rare amounts of people like that. Uh, but I, I'm grateful for the people that are like that in my life. And so Sam begin, begins to explain what, this, what it takes to, for this kind of network to happen, a sincere network of people. And he says three words, stop keeping score. Stop keeping score. And so Joe asked him to explain that. And so Sam explains, you know, in poker or in any kind of game, when people say win-win, that's, that's what he's talking about. That's actually a, another form of keeping score when people say win-win because it, it means that both of you come out ahead. And it sounds really great, but most of the time, just people use the term win-win as a disguised way of keeping track. So that really opened my mind because I've used the term win-win for most of my business career. And I thought of it as something that was very... I don't know, that was very impressive to other people when I said it, or very impressive to me. I felt, felt right about that. I scratch your back, now you, you scratch mine is kind of the way it comes out, even Stephen. And when you base your relationships in business or anywhere else in your life on who owes you what, that's not being a friend, that's being a creditor, is what Sam says. Whoa, that's kind of a dagger in the heart right there. So the key to the third law of stratospheric success, the law of influence, is about watch out for the other guy, Sam says. Watch out for his interests. Watch his back. Forget about 50-50. 50-50 is a losing proposition. The only winning proposition is 100%, percent 
Make your win about the other person. Go after what he wants or she wants. Focus on the other person's win. Forget about your own. And so the third law of influence is your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. How abundantly you place other people's interests first. That is what determines your influence. Pretty powerful. And Pindar goes on to say this uh, on top of what Sam says. He says, because if you place the other person's interests first, your interests will always be taken care of. Always. Watch out for what other people need with the faith that when you do, you'll get what you need. And this is where I believe God comes into play most strongly and most profoundly is that we, when we know at, at our core, as our foundation, that God's got us, he loves us beyond measure, and he takes care of us better than any and all of his other creation. When we have a trust, and that's the key, is having a trust and a faith that God is a provider and that God has your back. God's got you. He's not going to let you fall. Then you can watch out for what other people need with the faith that what you do, that you know that God gives you what, what you need. So if, if you were to ask most people what creates influence, most people would say money, position, maybe a history of outstanding accomplishments. That is what creates influence and that we can't influence anyone. We can't have influence. The thing that's stopping us is we don't have any outstanding accomplishments. We don't have any performances or signs of success. Well, that's exactly the opposite of what we're talking about here. Those things don't create influence. Influence creates those things. That is powerful. When you put other people's interests first, that is what creates influence. And so all of the people that Pindar has introduced Joe to, they were people that were magnetic. They were givers. They were always thinking about the other person's interest first. And that's what makes other people attractive, genuinely attractive, magnetic, because givers attract. And so my challenge to you is, do you want to be a giver or do you want to lead first with your accomplishments and your performances? I challenge you to be a giver first. And, you know, this makes me think of a lot of people in my life that are givers. And uh, I, maybe you're thinking of people also like that. But you can be that person. And you are that person starting today. All right? You have the ability to choose to be that type of person. And you're going to feel foolish at first. You're going to feel awkward. But you won't believe how quickly that awkwardness will go away once you follow through and push through your fears and your uncomfortableness and awkwardness and you begin to become a giver with a genuine heart and a genuine spirit. Because the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. That's what creates influence. And so Joe goes back to his office and he gets carried away with a, a pro, another problem at work, doesn't follow through during the, the business day on this principle, this law of influence, doesn't carry it out. He goes home 
and we meet his wife, Susan, and Susan's had just as terrible of a day as he had in the afternoon with all the problems she had, and she just needed to start talking. And here is when the light, light bulb started to go off for me, is when, uh, when he meets his wife, because it, it, it's so cool that he starts learning this principle in his home with the most important person that God's placed into his life. And this is his wife, Susan. She actually cooks him a meal. She starts sharing about her day. And, uh, and all the while, while she's sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing, he's thinking in the back of his head, oh, I, I, I really want to share with Susan what, what's happened for me today. You know, the last few days, I, you know, we haven't, we've both been so busy. I haven't had much time to talk to her about this. And when I did, it didn't seem that she was that interested. She was so focused on herself and her own issues that, she, you know, he wondered if he even wanted to share this and with, withhold this from her. And I can totally relate to that because, uh, because I have thought those things. And unfortunately, so many times in the past, I have gone forward and said, hey, wait, I need to talk now. And I've cut my wife off from giving her a chance to fully share what's going on with her day. And so she said something. She said, oh, you know, okay. You know, after a little while, she's, uh, Susan says to Joe, oh, okay, I got I to gotta stop. I've, I've been talking. It's almost 830. I've been a bottomless pity party. I know you've got work to get to. And then she says to him, fair's fair. That's the rule that they have, is that they have a 50-50 even Stephen proposition. And it sounded very much like what he, the opposite of what he learned today. And so he was worried he didn't even get a chance to do what he did, what, what he was supposed to do, which is carry out the law of influence. And now he saw this as the opportunity to, to let her go on. And not for his own interest, but just for her. Like he sincerely said something felt wrong in him about doing the 50-50 even Stephen Fair's fair way that they had always kind of abided by. And it's probably the thing that kept their relationship at a certain level. And so he begins to let her speak and, and really takes an interest in what she has to say. And she goes on for another 20, 30 minutes and she begins to cry. And then he says some words of comfort. They're laying in bed at this point, says some words of comfort, and uh, he doesn't get an answer from her, and she basically falls asleep crying. And so he woke, went to bed thinking, you know, still he went to bed thinking, I didn't really carry out what I was supposed to. And then he um, went to bed himself. The next morning he wakes up in a flurry and realizes that he's late for work, his wife let him sleep. His wife was already gone at work. And he all of a sudden realizes there's a note on the pillow that says, Sweetheart. And it says this, My sweet Joe, I hope I succeeded in slipping out without waking you. You deserve the extra rest. After the earful I gave you last night, thank you so much. Thank you for your generosity. I can't remember ever feeling so, so listened to, so heard. I love you. And Joe, obviously, fully realizes at this point, generosity. Thank you for your generosity. I can't remember ever feeling so listened to. And what I come to the realization is that I've been pretty good at being generous with the surfacey relationships around me, with the relationships that mattered, certainly, that mattered a great deal to me but they weren't as important as my wife and my kids and my family. 
And so I want, my challenge for myself is that I put my family first, that I put my wife first, that I put my relationship with God first, and that that I put others right after Him. And then I maybe think about myself. This is this whole I am third principle being carried out here. If you're a listener to the Courage Cast, you'll remember the I am third thought. Thank you for your generosity. I can't remember ever feeling so listened to. That was his gift to her. And that's a gift that we can give to our spouses. That's a gift we can give to our kids. Because we can just listen to them. We can stop telling them how we think and what we feel and what they should do. And just listen to them. Because that's more than likely what, what they need most. And if you start in your home and you, you start there, and that's where I have been so wrong over the years is I've not started in the home. I've started outwardly. And that's when Chrissy would say to me, hey, you're always thinking about other people first, but what about us? So many times you're sacrificing your family for other people. Do you care about them before me? That's what I've had to get I've had to change in my life. I've had to get that right in my life. And maybe this resonates with you. Maybe this resonates with you. Because you will be a person of influence, but you need to start with your most important... I believe you need to start with your most important relationships. The people that matter the most to you that you begin to take a genuine interest in and you don't keep a record, 50-50 record. I had a friend that is not a friend anymore, that said to me that he basically keeps a bank record of, of how much time I invest in, in him and I invest in our relationship. And you know, something about that didn't feel right. I would always feel that I was the one shortchanging him, that I could never keep up and perform for him. How would that feel? That's not a good way to go about life. That's not a godly way to go about life. You're 100% interested in the other person. You're giving 100% of yourself. And I understand he was feeling shortchanged by me. And I understand I have a lot of grace for where he's coming from. But we could never get past it, and so I had to end that relationship. Because it wasn't... I I believed I was giving as much as I could to him. But I wasn't going to be able to give him more than I was for my family, ultimately. And uh, I had to end that relationship. Um, there's other adjusting, there's other friends that I'm still friends with and still consider close friends that I had to make adjustments to and had to put my family first. Those people, I'm still going to give them 100% of what I, what I can give, all right? And, uh, but, but, I, but I needed to start with my family, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And as I begin to make sure that my family is taken care of, I can begin to then and, and heal some of the wounds from my marriage and my, and my relationships um, and, and begin to, to reinvest in my family without any concern about what they can give me back. That then begins to strengthen me as a person. And, uh, and now I'm able to further invest in other people and give as hard as I can with the time that I'm given. So stop keeping score, friends. Share what you learned and what you did in the Courageous Community today by commenting below the post in the the Courageous Community on Facebook 
or starting a new post. And remember, I'm giving away a free Go-Giver book every day for everyone's my favorite story from a different person in the Courageous community. That's five books we'll be giving away this week, and today will be the third book. I look forward to hearing all your stories and interacting with you in the Courageous community. Go to CourageousCommunity.com, and you can get connected that way. Have a great day, friends. I'll be with you again on another episode of Courage Cast. Oh, oh, oh.